0: Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. It's me, Doug. If you'd like to check out our podcast episodes live, head on over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash lowercase Podcast for the live stream there. We'd love to interact with you during the show. While you're there, it would mean the world to us if you would hit the like and subscribe button. This little act helps us grow and we'd appreciate your contribution. If you're still in the giving mood, head over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give it a rating and a review. If you like a particular episode, video, or a bit, share it around with your friends. Who knows? You may help another mind gapper find their way into our loving embrace. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. Your subscription will give you access to early content, exclusive videos, special Discord privileges, and more. Alright, that's enough for me. On with the show. Mind Gap Podcast. everybody. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And I'm super pumped to be here. Uh, we've had a lot of pre-show roll um, oh, yeah. of fun stuff, pre-recording, pre-going live stuff. We were chatting about lots of excitement. And if you want to check that out, you should check us out on YouTube.com slash Podcast. We live stream on Tuesdays for the podcast 8 p.m. Central. I host a video game stream on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central. Lots of cool stuff. You can hang out with us live, and you're missing some shit if you don't. I host a book club on Thursdays. Hey, listen. Jill hosts a lot of those, so. Yeah. Because she's a fucking literate lady. You know what I'm saying? I'm illiterate. Hey, it's Emilio. What's up, pal? Thanks for tuning in. Good to see you, as always. Um, We've got a lot of potential things to talk about this week uh plus our list doth run us runneth over it does and um we've also got a wonderful segment to try out tonight uh with some stuff so i'm super excited so you know i've already started doing some housekeeping so let's just finish up the housekeeping um you know don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this on all your podcast apps uh rate and review if you can as well and if you're watching this on youtube do us a favor hit the like button um and also hit subscribe it it helps us out a ton it starts moving us towards being a partner uh which would be really really great we're just running running run running running and um you know we're up to 202 subscribers which is great we're Keep bringing in that stuff. Uh, we're having some fun making our shorts and all, all of our segments. So come come do all that sort of stuff. It means the world to us. If you feel like uh, doing a little more on the money side, check us out on patreon.com slash Podcast. Subscribe there. You could be one of the cool people like Tom McIntyre, like Richie yeah. Armour, like Zinny, like Sully Bartfast, and of course the Almighty Crit. You could be one of those cool people who contribute to us. We love you. Thank you for contributing. You can also check out our merch at redbubble.com. Type in Mind Gap Podcast in the search bar and find something that tickles your fancy. And wear it around and let everybody know you listen to a podcast. Not any podcast, this podcast. You can check out our Discord server. Link is in the description down below. You can join us, hang out with us, chat with us, post memes. You can get involved with some of the podcast stuff like the Ask Practical Doug, merch ideas, all sorts of shit. Just hang out with us, play games with us. We're pretty active on there. Uh, and like I said, we do our live streams, uh, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Central and video game streams on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central. FYI, there will be no video game stream this Saturday. Uh, I was planning on it, but then I realized I have a giant family get together at my house this Saturday. Oh boy. Um, I'm smoking a ton of meat. I'm doing a pulled pork. I'm smoking that overnight and then I'm going to get up probably at five in the morning, finish that up. And then I'm going to do three racks of ribs. And then I'm gonna do the focaccia, and I'm gonna do the cookies. <laughs> How and many
1: people are coming to your your house? I
0: think two, but two people? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's probably uh, let's see here. That's five. That's five. Uh, probably twelve to fourteen people. Got it. Okay. So it'll be worthwhile this time. So but you're gonna say four? <laughs> I feel bad because Slotty uh, has created a Minecraft server. Uh, and so we're looking to actually do a Minecraft stream, which is hilarious because I don't know shit about Minecraft. I played a little bit with Natalie here and there. I've, I've logged a couple of hours, but I have no idea what I'm doing. So we're gonna do a, a stream of me fumbling around and finding out. Uh, you know, it won't be this Saturday. It'll be the following Saturday. So we'll we'll get in there and do that, which will be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. So um, I can you you can't play as because in mine
1: that's Minesweeper. No Minecraft. That's the one with the zombies, right? The little Right? Yes. Blocks. Yeah. Can you play as the zombies in that? No. Can you go after It's not okay. left for dead, unfortunately. Like but like pixelated left for bed, how good would that be? Like that'd be fun. That'd be a
0: lot of fun. I'd be right? down for that. 100% I would I'd actually, be down for that.
1: that. Yeah.
0: I would I would I would totally that'd be so anytime where you can do stuff like that as, as a fun experience, I think there's a game. I think Tints posted it in our uh one of our channels. It was it was a game where essentially it's like a if I remember, it's it's kind of like you're going through a dungeon, but one of the players plays as, like, the enemy. Okay. And once you destroy the enemy, then you become the enemy, and then everyone tries to kill you. It sounds really fun, but it's like local multiplayer, meaning that you have yeah. to be, which I fucking hate. I'm like, just make it online, you piece of shit. <laughs> Stop making it local. Like, this is, what do you think this is, 1994? Who, like, right. <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's, it's just, get your head out of your ass. Fucking figure it out, man. Uh, Amen. I always say that about video games. Get your Uh, head out of here. I'll just fucking make it
2: online. God damn it.
1: There, Tom Cruise.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Justin, how was your week? My week? Good. (laughs) Caveman (laughs) Justin has spoken.
1: Done. Uh, No, it was good. I'm just trying to remember. It was one of those where I, I... I can't remember what we did this weekend. Do you have those where you all just the you're like all the ah, time? I don't know. And the thing is you ask me every week, what, how was your week? And I, every week I'm like, I, I got it. I'm ready. And this one, I just go back. Let's see. Car payment was due. Uh, I made the car payment. Um, oh, you know what we did was really cool. Uh, our realtor had a uh, cookout, um, like a block party. And he invited, a, they do an annual block party like towards the end of summer. And he invited us and we got to hang out and meet a bunch of people on his block. And uh, it was nice because we don't know anyone else in Grand Rapids. So it, uh, it really, it felt like being brought into the fold of a neighborhood and it was very, it was lovely. So we had a, a really good time uh, with that. Met a lot of really cool people. And uh, actually on Friday of last week, Beth and I did a hike um, up to uh, out, out in one of the state parks near the lake. And we did a, just over a mile hike, and it ends as you crest over a, a dune right on Lake Michigan. And we timed it so as we were cresting, the sun was setting. We laid out a blanket, watched the sunset, and then we came home. So that was a really cool Friday evening.
0: That's cool. I was kind of hoping to say, like, as you crested the dune, you got there just in time to watch Abby just take a huge shit. You know, oh, that just, happened too. Yeah. They're like and then just just a massive shit it's on top beautiful. of the dune.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, well, we're in nature, I guess, you know, it's it's God's living room. That's right. It's God's litter Do- box. Dookie you know? on his carpet. Dookie. Dookie forever. You Dookie know? forever. Yeah. What was your uh, what was your weekend like? Uh, Friday, I went to an improv show for the first time in years. Yeah. Um, how was that? It was interesting. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, Bailey, who was a guest he, on here a couple of years ago uh, before the Pandy. Um, she is actually moving from Chicago about, about back out to the Pacific Northwest, and she was doing her one of her final shows that she uh, there's a club out in Schaumburg uh, called Laugh Out Loud Theater, and she uh, is on a team there, and they do like an hour long show, and okay. she invited me, and I was like. It's a twenty-minute drive from where I am. Fuck yeah, I'll check it out. And it was really nice to kind of be back in that setting, as you know, I used to basically live in those improv theaters, just multiple days a week, yeah, um, going and doing that. And so, like, I had a lot of really great memories. I also had a lot of bad memories
2: (laughs) at the same time.
0: Sure, Um, but it was it was fun to watch. Also, when I did improv, it was in the heart of chicago for basically mostly other improvisers Mm -hmm. so it felt like um i don't know It was weird because you felt like you were playing to experts if that makes sense because everyone knew how everything worked so there was a it was a lot more critical whereas out in the suburbs people are just like well holy shit they made all that up How'd they do it? You know, and they were just a little bit more receptive of an audience. They were and, and my favorite part was some of the really dumb suggestions from the audience. Like just okay. people that really have a hard time thinking outside the box. Like, so i like, can I get a genre of movie comedy? It's like, cool. I mean, it's what we're doing right now, but I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess we can do that. Um, so people just weren't really thoughtful And so um, when they were doing something, that's like, all right, um, give me a a genre. Horror. Okay, we're doing horror. All right. What's something someone usually says in a horror movie? Someone goes, hello. Oh, stop. (laughs) I I just like cackled. I couldn't help it because I was just like, what? I guess you can kind of argue like if someone's like, hello, you know, is anybody there? But I was like, hello. Okay. Hello. You dumb son of a bitch. Give me something someone would say in a, uh, I don't know, a drama film, Doug. It's like, hi.
1: Okay. Give me something someone would say in a noir. Uh, Who's there?
0: Great. (laughs) Something someone would say in a family movie. Aloha. Aloha. It's a a travel paradise movie. Exactly. It's Brady's go to Hawaii. Right. And then someone goes, "All right, uh, comedy. Give me something that happens in a in you know uh, a comedy." Someone goes, "Groundhog Day." I'm like, "That doesn't answer just, that anything." And a
1: comedy film,
0: right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it was it was really it was really <laughs> difficult at, to listen to that stuff. I'm just like, "Wow, okay." Um, but Bailey did was, great. Yeah. And what was your question?
1: No, I was going to say it's probably all the the thing is in, in the suburbs, especially in Schaumburg, in that area. You got people who are probably this is the one night a week they they have away from their kids, they're going to go get hammered. You're not you're not getting the best and the brightest, we'll say. There was a party
0: you know? of like 15 celebrating like a woman's birthday. Like Bingo. it was it, it, but they were great. They were really really good. It was one of those things where she came in, she had a sash, you know, and yeah. I was like, "Oh fuck." It was an older it was an older woman and her family had surprised her and and everything like that. So it was it was really it was very fun. So to that extent, like people were very, I think, and this is not knocking, but they were just easily pleased because like, oh, cool, improv, you know, and uh, they had a good time. Bailey was great. Uh, The other actors were great. Um, She asked me afterwards. She goes, so I go, I really enjoyed it. She goes, good. She goes, sometimes I feel like as an another improviser who understands the inner workings of this, I worry. I was like, fuck it. Don't worry about what I'm worried about. Like, I'm just thrilled (laughs) to be at a show like this. It was basically all improv games. Um yeah. I I love long form creative stuff like that so that's not usually my jam to watch yeah. short form games I'm kind of it's it's it can be fun but I don't know it's it's not it's not my cup of tea necessarily Yeah So Look
1: as long as the audience is having a good time yeah. it doesn't matter whether or not you're being true to form whether or not you're you're pulling out the best or most creative, you know, directions to take a scene. If the audience is laughing, you're doing your job. Yeah. Like that's because at the end of the day, you're at a com it's an improv comedy show. Yeah. That's what you're you're there to do. And if the audience is having a good time, and it sounds like they were. Yeah. And I would have to assume too, as an improviser, and this is not a knock to anyone in the suburbs. We we get a lot, but yeah, I feel like with people in the suburbs, because they're not around like the the heart of the comp that is probably, I would assume as an improviser ideal to play out in the suburbs mm-hmm. because you're getting an audience who is thirsty for entertainment. And so what a, what a great show, just a very receptive show to attend. It sounds, it sounds like a good time.
0: Yeah. It started out a little, little cold, but by the end of the night, like people were really going and yeah. we were having a good time and it was, it was good. The room felt, it's always that weird initial sort of like chill in the room as people are like, Oh, we're doing stuff. And everyone, you know, then friends come out. They're like, yeah, we're dancing right. to music. And it's always that weird, like, Ugh. You, you know, you're trying to you want to buy into the experience, but it's like you're you're selling it really hard and you have to have high energy. High yeah. energy. You can't come out and be like, what's up? Hey, we're going to do improv, okay? Yeah. It's like you got to be like, "Woohoo, we're goofy. It's like a kid's right. TV show or something like that. and
1: That's exactly what it's like. You're coming yeah. in like doing weird dances and yeah. pointing to people in the audience. It, it is very akin to a kid's TV. Well, it's ironic because in level A, they teach you to go back to that mindset of Mm -hmm. Being a kid, a toddler, Mm -hmm. and mirroring someone and playing the repeat game and things like that. So, you've got to almost pull the audience into, like, think about how awkward we all felt when we were in level A. That is essentially what the audience is feeling. Yeah. And so, you've got to pull them through and make sure that they understand they can trust you.
0: Yeah. It's weird because you got to, it's like, you know, a lot of stand ups say you got to essentially win over the audience. You got to get them yeah. on your side and you got to make sure that they're having fun. And it's difficult to do that right out of the gate. But, you know, improv is silly and weird and you're making shit up. And I think that's kind of the fun of improv is that you're just making stuff up as <clears> you go. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was fun. Like a part of me was like, ah, oh, I kind of miss doing this. Like this is the kind of stuff that I love just doing, doing make them ups on the spot. Yeah. I, I love just inventing that some of my favorite things were just doing especially the long form stuff like let's just sit in the scene let's play it out let's figure oh out what's God. going on let's have fun that's why the short form stuff it's it's too, it, i'm not good at it because you have to be really quick they did like the uh, 185 game where it's like 185 bananas walk into a bar and the bartender says hey we're closed beat it And they're like oh man i guess we gotta split you know they're intentionally bad yeah, stand-up yeah. jokes and just things like that, I, as they were doing it, I was like sitting there going like, okay, what would I say? And I just, my mind just went blank the whole time. I didn't enjoy it because I was I was imagining <laughs> if I was performing, you know, it would just be, yeah. I would just be standing on the sideline going, good job. I got nothing. I just, I'm right. going to sit out this game because I don't yeah. want to play it, you know, like.
1: <laughs> that, but, or that'd be the one where you would be like, all right, I, I'm just going to go with, because I feel like we all had those moments where you're like, just going to go in with what I know 185 farts come out, you mm-hmm. know, and then
0: you're like, well, that's you're the, thing, it's like, you know, the audience right? would suggest what the punchline was going to be right. What the things were yeah. going to be. And so it's like, so like someone said, Harry Potter, it's like, all right, 185 Harry Potter's walked in. And I was like, I don't know. What do you do with that? You know, I, yeah. I'm like, I love Harry Potter. I'm like, I can't think of any really bad puns, you know, right. that could do that. You know, um, what did they go with?
1: Do you remember?
0: Someone was like, Hey, Oh, that's too bad. I want a bottle of Patronus, you know, or something like that. You know, it was just, I hate puns anyway. So that game is not for me. You know, that is the Fallucci game up and down. Yes.
1: 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, It's the difference is I never did a lot of long form. Like you, I always wanted to do IO, but I, I kind of flamed out just before it was right after we got done with, uh, we got through all the levels and then we did the Jessica's for a while. And Mm -hmm. I think while we were doing the Jessica's you, that's when you jumped into IO Mm -hmm. and I was like, I just don't want to spend the money on that right now, but I really wanted to, because I, the concept of that long form herald form really intrigued me. And I just, to this day makes me terrified to think about doing it. Cause (laughs) like I was, I was so used to doing more short form, short form slash game, you know, for those who don't know, Comedy sports is kind of the short form gamey. When we say short form, let me take that back. Comedy sports is games, mm-hmm. which is like whose line is it anyway?
3: Yeah.
1: Second City is known for their short form, which is maybe like three to five minute scenes, maybe less. And sometimes- They're they the primarily
0: sketch is what They're Second, Second City is yeah. known and for. And they can yeah.
1: come back later on if, if you know, that, but IO was known for the Herald. And that is like, you spend like an hour telling- a connected story. Basically
0: the good ones go 45 minutes to an hour. The yeah. newbies it's like, please don't go longer than 25 because <laughs> this is torture. <laughs> this is absolute torture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the really good ones could go 45 and it is awesome. It's so much fun to watch people go and just create and do callbacks and explore and have fun. Yeah. And some of my favorite like times, I still remember specific scenes from Harold's from like really good people. And it just it still tickles my heart. I, Jill and I still make references to those shows, like to this yeah. day, those call outs that I'm sure those performers have long since forgotten, oh, but dude. I still yeah. remember because they were so fucking good. Right. Noah says Mind Gap, get together, open mic. I mean, we could do an improv jam. I'd be down for yep. that. Yeah. I love doing those. Uh I remember, remember the first jam we went to? I was terrified.
1: Oh my God. Yes. Wait, did we get up to
0: the, uh, I the think jam? so? Like, yeah, we did. Like, so yeah. a jam was essentially an opportunity. It was kind of like right. an open mic night for people that wanted to go and just do improv. They like, some teachers were just supposed to be like for two hours, you come in, they're like, all right, who wants to do this thing? And like, people would volunteer, they'd go up and it was just an opportunity to kind of like get some reps and yeah. we went and I was so fucking nervous and yeah. like, we went up and we did stuff and I was like, Oh, oh, oh my God, this is, is wild. It-
1: You've got the safety net of your class when you're going through the classes and you really start to build a bond and you have, you support each other. You go out afterwards and you have some drinks and you hang out. Like you really start to get to know each other. This jam was like 50 to 75 people packed into a small room and all eyes were up front. Mm -hmm. And that's where the volunteers would go. And it was legitimately, it's different than a show too. When you're in a theater, you've got lights, you can't see the audience and you've got a big stage. This was a compact room where you saw every set of eyes that was on you, and it was terrifying.
0: And it was the fact that everyone was a student of improv. So I felt like the pressure was greater because you're watching other people judge you as to how good you are at improv. And that was the shit that made me be like "Eh," you know, just complete (laughs) just dead inside of like, I'm going to fuck this up. It's like, there's not a script, man. And and again, I just don't enjoy a lot of games. There's some games yeah. I enjoy uh, that I think are a lot of fun and the creative. But for the most part, I'm like, I just, I even find those games kind of restrictive. Of like, we're going to okay. do this thing. There's going to be, and there's always rules, right? Harold has rules oh, yeah. and things like that. But this is very much like Foursquare, right? It's like, turn left. And now you're in this scene. Turn right. Now you're in that scene. And then it's just like, come on, man. I just want to play. Right. I want to I get in the scene. I want to breathe. I want to have fun. Ooh. I want to explore. I want to do that sort of stuff. I don't always enjoy some it's fun to watch but it's just not my it's not my cup of tea I wouldn't I don't like doing it
1: I need to see if there's any improv uh up here in Grand Rapids I would love to go see to see what it look because I've never sought out improv really outside of Chicago mm-hmm. or the Chicago metropolitan area like I'm very curious to see what the caliber of improv is outside of what I would consider Mecca
0: yeah, yeah. oh I know right like that's it's got to be interesting. Like part of me, like I, I'll I'll be honest with you. Like when I was there, I was like, could I audition for this? Like, right? Could I? could I do it?" And I was like, "If this is all <laughs> they do, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do game yeah. shows." But th- that's also probably what makes the most sense for the suburbs of Chicago is games, like that short form games.
1: Yeah, and you when know? you're, I feel like when you're not, when someone's not coming to the I O to Second City, when they're not coming to an im, when they're going to a comedy club. Where an improv show happens to be. That again, most people, the the broader uh audience knows whose line is it anyway. They know mm-hmm. those those games. And that's I feel like that's what's that is what's gonna be the most appealing. So it makes sense that in especially outside of Chicago to a general audience, that's what you're gonna play. Yeah. It's only twenty minutes from your place, man. You could have a, a little side career. That's why I was like
0: could and I, there's a spot available now. Could I go and re- resurrect this part of my life? I was like, right, twenty five minutes away. Like, Natalie's older now. I right. mean, but again, if it's just short form shit, I'm like, nah, hard pass. Well, also, like,
1: all the other places that you would have to play because they probably don't play that one club and mm. the rehearsals and the yeah. extracurricular team yeah. building activities and the yeah,
0: yeah. It was a small team. It was only four people, but okay. um, I was like, uh, you know, uh, JF- uh, Jay- Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we are synced up tonight. I'm this just is amazing, saying,
1: man. Yeah, JF Potty Plan says, "Did you both ever watch Middle Dish and Sw- uh, Schwartz's improv special on Netflix?" I'm not an improver, but I enjoyed it a lot. Yes, I watched the first episode. I think I think they had like three or four episodes, and it was absolutely wonderful. I loved mm-hmm. it. It is. It is pure. It felt like watching TJ and Dave because it's, it's two guys that are mm-hmm. creating all these characters and they're swapping in and out. So very similar form, and uh, those are two extremely, extremely talented improvisers.
0: Um. Well, Middle Ditch is one of the guys that I know at one point was doing improvised Shakespeare. So, oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, there's wow. an amazing yeah. clip you can find on YouTube. That was, I think it was from the Just for Laughs That's Festival. So cool um, um oh, crap, oh crap i'm getting, crap, uh, getting feedback, uh, again. feedback again hold on oh I'm going no to, we're gonna pause, pause it here and i'm gonna disconnect right, and reconnect right, right, be right, back, be right gang. back gang all right
1: If you can hear me or not. There's another one. Doug, you back?
0: Papa Doug's hey, back.
1: I, I don't know if anyone can hear me, so... I, I don't think they can,
0: but... But I appreciate you still talking anyway. They can look at your beautiful face. Cool. That was the total wrong link right there that I just did. Hold on. Everyone stand by. There we go. Now we're back. There we go. All right. Anyway, as so, I was saying. So yes. you can find... There's a great YouTube clip of... I think it was the Just for last f- f- festival... Mm-hmm. Um, it was I probably, I think from the nineties, or early two thousands, I think Lewis black actually introduces this group and they do, they, I think they edit it to do like, they did like a five, six minute set and it is phenomenal. Like yeah. it is absolutely phenomenal. If you're not oh, sure, I used to, to, to this day, improvised Shakespeare is one of the, the best improvised shows out there. Like it competes with TJ and Dave, five guys essentially get a suggestion from the audience and they improvise a two-act Shakespeare play. And it is fucking phenomenal. They do it in uh, iambic pentameter. They rhyme. They have some classic Shakespeare themes and it is fucking hilarious. You talked
1: often about uh, improvised Shakespeare when we were in the thick of it. And that's a show I never got to see. But every time you talked about it, I'm like, I really want to go check this out. That before... At some point, I want to come back and 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 make one of those shows. Just because we should do I, that.
0: If you come back, yeah. we should make it like we go we ch- we go to a show and we check it out because, god damn it, man, it's forty five minutes. They take like a break in between, yeah, and it is. I think I I went maybe five or six times. Like it yeah. was so good. It was yeah. such a strong and powerful and it just impressive show. Like and it was because here is the thing with improv. With the really good people, mm-hmm. it's good, like, 95% of the time. They find a way to make it work. D- average people, like it's a slog. It can be a real challenge to be like, whew, like, here we go. With Improvised Shakespeare, I'm like, if, you, if people are like, I've never watched imp- improv before, what should I do? I go, go to Improvised Shakespeare, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee right. you, you will have a good time. I was like, that is right. a solid. If you want to take some risks... Here's some other teams I could recommend. I'm like they're good most of the time, but who knows, you know? And then yeah. of course there's the student shows where God bless you, you got to get the reps in, but you got to get the. Like, that's the best way to say it. God bless you. You got to get the reps in. There's I another. Go ahead. go ahead. God damn it! We another,
1: that. I know. I know. There's another movie out there. If you're interested in improv, um, I would definitely say check out Middle Edition and Schwartz uh, on Netflix. There's another movie you can find out there called. Trust us. This is all made up. Um, it's the, it's, it's basically a documentary uh, about the comedy duo TJ and Dave, who we've referenced a few times so far. Um, TJ Jagodowski and Dave Pasquese, uh, two Chicago improvisers who are legends. Uh, if you've seen any of the Sonic commercials, the old Sonic commercials, TJ was the guy sitting in the passenger seat and all those. And Dave Pasquese has been at a bunch of stuff. Most notably, he was Julia Louis-Dreyfus's husband on Veep. So for reference, for those who don't know. Uh, but this documents them going to New York and what they do during the day to prep for the show. And then they actually have cameras in the theater and they recorded their show that night. And it's uh, it's wonderful to see their process and then to see it come to fruition at the end of the day. I would strongly recommend that one as well. Um, Doug and I <sighs> saw TJ and Dave a few times.
0: That was another show. That's another show I just just deeply, deeply miss. It yeah. sucked because it was like ten thirty on a Wednesday is when they would it was perform. Tough, tough, and, and they go for an hour, so you get out of there at like eleven thirty, eleven forty five. But God damn it, it was so good. Two guys yeah. doing Im- incredibly impressive improv, just the two yeah. of them, and for forty five minutes, and they don't get any suggestions. They just nope. like they say, they trust me. This them. is they say, trust me. This is all made up. Lights go down and it comes up and they just look at each other and then they figure out where to go and they slowly yeah. build a world. They swap in and out of characters and yeah. they create an amazing fucking scene. It is it's 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 again it's top notch, top notch shit. Like the only other thing I wish I could have seen on a regular basis would be to see Jason Manzukis do improv because oh I wish yes. that guy was based out of Chicago so I could have seen him do stuff because that guy is also one of the best improvisers out there. You may know him as Rafi from the league as well as uh whatever his name is on Brooklyn nine one one and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. He's a phenomenal 99. whatever. Nine nine one one two two three. Um well he's, tell him the, the infamous uh improv story about Manzukas. If I remember this, like he was supposed to be in a, it was like a group of three they were supposed to perform one night, and then all the guys could. The other two guys couldn't make it, so he's like, uh, "Fuck it, I'll just go go out by myself." And so yep. he goes out and just does an entire like set on his own, and the set ends up being like a guy that is dealing with being alone, like in in his like a apartment and he's sad and everything. like that. And I think it culminates with him like masturbating to something at the end. And he, he took everyone on a journey and by the end of it, people were cheering as he masturbated. Like That's like what he was able to do. There's basically hardly any dialogue and he got people just invested in what he was doing. And I listening to him on how Did this get made podcast and all this other stuff like he is an incredible improviser. In fact, I remember, uh, What's his name? Uh, uh He plays uh, one of the characters on The League. And I remember him talking to Burt Kreischer and Ari Shafir about the show The League. And, and Bert was like, oh, man, that is a stellar cast of funny people. He's like, what was it like? And Renizzisi, Steve Renizzisi is his name, he was like, oh, you'll never get the last joke. You'll never get the button. Yeah. He goes, never, never, never. He goes, it's so difficult. They're so good and like who gets it most of the time and he thought he goes oh it's Jason Manzukis, like hands down that guy yeah. that guy just and and it's funny cuz I don't think Burt Kreischer already really knew who he was and he's like oh yeah good luck good luck getting in the last joke with that guy and yeah. i mean I, you've seen there was one of my favorite things it was uh, it's an outtake from uh Parks and Rec where he plays like Dennis
1: Feinstein, he's a uh he's a fragrance mogul.
0: Right. And there's yeah. a there's a wonderful outtake where uh one of the guys picks up a ball, like, oh, this is called Inside. What's that about? He's like, Oh, it's because it's been inside someone. And like he just says it without skipping a beat. You would have thought yeah. it was scripted. Everyone loses their fucking minds. And <laughs> yeah. sorry just dies laughing. He's like, What? He's like, this is delivery. Oh, because it's been inside
1: of someone. Like, well, just... the thing is, and that's the mark of a true improviser is he says it with such authority. Mm-hmm. Like it's a he's saying it as a fact, and yeah. there's no hesitation or question in his own mind. You don't see him think. It's just it comes out as fact, and that's what makes it. That's that's just what makes it so perfect.
0: Yeah, and the fact, and, and that's what makes that stuff so magical is when yeah. someone will declare something like that, and, and someone else can then grab that. And yep. also run with it. And then you be yeah. just create this back and forth where you create this amazing, beautiful, real thing. Yeah. That this you're like, holy shit. That also will disappear the second that it's done. Like, Yeah. And, and unless you want to try and mine it for sketch or something after the fact. But yeah. that's what makes it such sort of a wonderful thing is just you watch it happen and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, that, and then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's fleeting. Yeah it really yeah and that's i
1: mean not to go too too teachy but that's what the premise of yes and is is because it's if someone comes out with that strong of an assert uh, assertive statement saying like i am this is this is truth it's so much funnier if someone's like it is and then this this is also true and building instead of that no but mm-hmm. that no but will just kill the so that's any good cast or ensemble be it tv or movies or live theater understands and you don't even have to be in the improv community if you're just a good ensemble member you understand that yes and mentality and it goes so it it, it just it takes you f- so far
0: and it's the best and again just not to go too down, far down this rabbit hole but it makes it so that mistakes are gold they're golden yes. opportunities some of my favorite moments uh was uh one of my favorite scenes it was the um fuck what was the name of the team i can't remember but it had like Jeff Griggs. Uh, and everyone, I, oh, some of my heroes, I can't remember their names anymore, but they were doing a scene where they were like on top of a mountain and okay. they were just like talking. And someone entered the scene from one of the doors and was like, oh, sorry, my bad. Close the door. And someone goes, when the fuck did this door get here? <laughs> They're like, wait, we climbed the mountain, and someone just took a fucking door to get up here? And then they built on that to the point where they built this world where there's doors that just go everywhere. That's and they amazing. built on it for scenes. And it was so much, it was just a stupid mistake that someone was like, oh, f- shit, I came into earlier no. or whatever. Or they were trying to they're like, ah. And they're like, what the? Holy, huh? What, what a door here. Yeah. yeah, and it just became this thing that they played off of or someone made a weird move to make it like they're like ha they're like oh we're skipping and they're like let's skip guys and everyone's like fuck we gotta skip now like that just became the thing where that's the kind of shit that I like to do if someone does something I'm like oh we're gonna do that now like we're gonna we're gonna make this a thing this is gonna be the scene where we do this and it's so much fun um yeah just such fond memories of of all that sort of stuff and um just creating in that atmosphere. I, I miss it. I really, 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 truly miss it. There's a lot of stuff about it that's kind of icky, too, that uh, yeah. I don't miss, but um, there's just that creativity and being able to be have that bond with other people and being able to do really silly shit and at the same time making people laugh like that. That was probably I, I see why uh, stand up comedians call it chasing the dragon, you know? Yeah. Because you you, you you do something like that and it's like oh fuck people are laughing because i did something silly and it yeah. was enjoyable you know it's, it's just it is it
1: is being on stage and you and i have have had the uh uh pleasure of being on stage a few in a few different capacities like we both played music so i think uh, you were correct me if i'm wrong but you were in a band right i was yeah. yes yeah so like, it, be it that or be it, you know, for comedy or improv, there's so, there's something about the high of being on stage and having an audience behind you and rooting you on and not throwing tomatoes at you. That is just it is it is an indescribable, indescribable feeling. It's wonderful. Soaring, yeah. tumbling, freewheeling on a magic carpet ride.
0: Yeah, it's so true. You know, as Zvenya. the gc babo. you know. He has risen. Amen. <laughs> you know?
2: Yep. Ta-da! <laughs> Thank God you've got your soundboard back. <laughs> you've got some good ones on there. Still works. <laughs> Still
1: works. And All this right. is where someone would run across and edit the scene. Yeah. Because it just died.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they just be like <laughs> New scene, new scene, <laughs> and um, also with you. Thank you, Emilio. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is a uh, this is a topic uh, that I've been meaning to talk to talk about for a while. We just haven't got to it yet. But uh, it's it was an article f- uh, from Marketing Brew by Katie Hicks it came out in July, and it's called "How Much Should Graphic Designers Worry About Dolly Um If you're not familiar with Dolly Two, it's essentially an AI generated photo slash image generator <laughs> perfect you nailed it I mean, that's a perfect description it. it's, yeah
1: that's, doesn't need we need nothing else on it
0: moving yes. on it's uh basically a real ai application it's been uh developed by r&d company OpenAI, and uh Essentially, what you can do is go into a search bar. I think you have to. It's they're beta testing it right now, and I think they're going to roll it out soon, where you can pay a monthly subscription to use it. But you can type in, you know, things like um, "giant spaghetti monster swimming in a pool," and based on that information, it will generate a grid of like I don't know if it's like nine to twelve uh, images based on that, and it's kind of surprisingly accurate. Like it's really kind of strange what it can pull together. There's, I think, I forget what it's called, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think there's a Twitter account that just will, like, post different things that people have searched to kind of show what's out there, and I <laughs> I forget what it was, one of the first ones that I saw about it, but uh, people started posting some of that stuff in, in our Discord and things. I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at right now? Like, it's just, <laughs> I didn't know what it was, just... The random shit that people were posting, but yeah. one of the things like um, that that some folks have raised some concerns about is that um, that this will essentially take jobs away from designers eventually because um, you can just type in what you want and the AI will generate it and there you go. Like who needs to create something? Right. Um, there's a, some other critiques to that as well, which I think we'll get into, but based off what this is and what you've seen from it, Justin, what are your thoughts on Dolly too? Is it <laughs> terrifying? Is it cool? Is it useful?
1: I think it's cool.
0: Um, actually John
1: Oliver, uh, this past Sunday, August 14th, he did his show at the end of the show. He discussed this exact topic and, uh, it ended in a culmination of apparently on one of these, uh, he, they, they searched a bunch of late night hosts and most of them had like eight results or three results or whatever. John Oliver had like 493 results. So people have been just putting John Oliver stuff in here and some of them are horrifying, just absolutely horrifying. I would strongly recommend people seek out that little bit. It's about, I don't know, 10 minutes uh, at the end of this last episode, but Uh, I thought it was, it was perfect because we were talking about it this week in looking at that and in watching him do a piece on that. I was, I was less when we first brought this topic up, I was like, yeah, this is, I don't like this at all. And I feel like this is going to be horrible for, I I think I've changed my stance on like and to kind of to what Noah said, uh, in the chat here, it's, I feel like it's going to be great more so great for inspiration. And, and, and graphic designers can use it as a tool and not necessarily to replace them. because I'll say this, a lot of what was spit out when John Oliver uh, the name was put in there was ch- was just it was nightmare fuel. So it wasn't necessarily good. It was it was something and it was it was it was something that I don't know if a person would have thought of. but it wasn't necessarily um, something that I would say was of the same caliber as a graphic designer could it get to that point eventually maybe but i truly think that this could be used more so as a tool than uh competition so i i think it actually has the potential to be rather good for for the industry
0: i find it interesting um chad colchin from uh the dudesy podcast you know believes that eventually very soon we're going to have the um Ability, the technology to essentially create any image that has and ever will exist in the world because images are essentially just pixels and just math. If you think about it, they're numbers, they're shades, they're hues, and he goes, and at some point, we'll have something that can just generate all that sort of stuff. And for me, I find that, again, I'm kind of a designer, but not really. <laughs> Like, I make hurt. training stuff, but I'm not, like, a full-fledged designer, so to speak. So I look at something like this as, like, awesome. I can go to this AI generator and be like, this is exactly because I've poured through stock footage, stock yeah, that's photos. Actually very too, trying yeah. to find the exact thing that I'm looking for. I'm like, no, this is too corporate. No, this is a lady in a bikini for some reason. No, this is, like, you know, like I just I'm trying to find the right thing that, you know, encapsulates what I'm trying to get. And to type something in and describe it and have a computer be like, here you go. I'd be like, awesome. This is exactly what I'm looking for. That's pretty exciting for me. From a design standpoint, I'm someone that is very much like lives off of inspiration. I'm terrible with a blank canvas. Like you give me something, a white sheet of paper and be like, make something. I'm like, "Eh." I, I do better when I can see, especially when working with software and things like that, where I don't always know what's possible. Yeah. Or I can look at things and be like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder how they did that and then get that idea in my mind and be like, cool, what if I took something like that, like that sort of motion, but then I did something a little bit different. It kind of gives me something to work with. That's where I find stuff like this interesting. And, and you know, I think um, you know, Noah talked about that. Uh, you know, Richie said, uh, I use Mid Journey to create a new logo for the podcast recently, and it's actually really fucking good. Emilio says, any designer worth their salt will see this as another tool to help them with their inspiration. JF Potty Plant. at least half of graphic designers should worry because this will probably be better than half of the work out there. The market has been flooded anyway, so it's not a huge loss in his opinion. He goes, P.S. I have a B.A. in graphic design. So I kind of look like, um, you know, and, and both of them made a point, too, about clients not knowing what they want. They mentioned this in this article that especially for something like storyboarding, like a lot of time. Or or pitching stuff like uh, as like, you know, filmmakers or commercials or things like that. People are trying to like explain what is they're going to do and the clients don't necessarily understand it or they can't see it. So it's just to be like type that in and be like, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Not exactly, but this kind of gives you an idea. And imagine being able to generate a rough storyboard look for like a movie, right? You're typing that stuff out instead of having to... Painstakingly draw the stuff because I would also argue that a lot of like fears around AI and them taking jobs and again I'm not an expert here but I feel like it eliminates a lot of the menial work, the stuff that's really kind of annoying and time consuming. Um and and while it will take a long time to necessarily sketch out a a storyboard, you know what I mean? Like, because there's storyboard artists out there, I'm sure they make a lot of good money. It would suck for them basically be like, yeah, we don't need you to do that anymore. But you also think about the time you could save from typing that in and being like, this is roughly what we're going to be looking at, you know, almost instantaneously being able to pull that information out there. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of cool. It
1: it has a purpose. Um, I just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. There's something about, and, and this is where I, 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 I'm debating with myself on on both sides of the fence because I feel like there's something that is, there's something about human creativity and, and, and human characteristics that you, it will never be fully replicatable. I feel like the, 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 what comes from the human brain uh, is you can get close, but you can't, you'll never be able to fully replicate the creativity that, that we can generate. That being said, AI comes from a human brain so someone someone started the program so uh you know and and there is uh what is it the um the Turing test right like mm. like there there is a concept of AI being so smart or so intelligent that you can't tell that it's not a human so I I I, I can see both sides of the debate pretty equally I just have this this gut feeling that it's you're never going to be able to replace what a human can do I, I, when it's, when it comes to something creatively, when it comes to a menial task, absolutely. I feel like that is go to town. That's a very, and then, and it's something too, that I feel like you can create something not only that can compete with what a human can do, but can, it can best to you. If you look at an assembly line, automated assembly, and I'm not saying that people should be taken off. I'm not advocating for jobs being removed, but a robotic assembly line is Ten times, to- a hundred times more efficient than than a human staffed assembly line. It just, it is. There's there's fewer mistakes. There's more accuracy, etc. Have et to take breaks. Do have to take breaks exactly. So, from a from a uh, from that standpoint, there's a lot that can be done. But when it comes to a creative standpoint, I just don't think you can match it. You can get close, but I don't think you'll ever get there.
0: I think it'll be able to, like I said, it'll create assets for us to use. But, you know, I'm sure <clears throat> Chad Colchin would argue otherwise. He has some, in my mind, pretty extreme ideas about what the future is going to be. And I'm just like, I yeah. don't know how I feel. And, of course, Will Sass is like, bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that sounds, remember, we talked to Wayne about this, yeah. Wayne Parham, a long time ago. And his, his whole argument is he's like, <clears throat> look, the AI that you guys are talking about, to us, that you guys are talking about, that everyone thinks of when they say – AI it's these these humanoid robots that are gonna think like humans and take over he's like that's not that's not it that's not what AI everyone it feels like Chad Colchin has a very uh cinematic look on what AI will be you know
0: no nah, not necessarily because he you he's the, he's the same way where he's like listen this technology will come and it will exist and we're gonna have to learn how to adapt to it it's not necessarily like robots walking around doing that sort of stuff. He's just he believes that we'll be able to download our conscious into a virtual environment, and we'll have to decide whether or not we want to live in that environment. Um, you know, Does he believe in the singularity, probably. You know, right. um, but he's just like you know, AI is already writing news articles. You know, things of that nature being able to sure. to do that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and again, I'm all for something that is going to you know take the annoying aspect out of life, but Um, I'm also again I've never yet been in an industry where technology has basically rendered my job moot Right at the same time I would like to believe that practical Doug would be like well this is the best option you know like (laughs) (laughs)
1: well the machine is better than I am I I was like well I I mean
0: efficiency wise this does make sense and I I am (laughs) a sucker for efficiencies I'm a sucker for stuff that just makes sense like again because also it's easy for me to like take your assembly plant you know uh, scenario that would be a terrible job for me so I'm like yes get rid of that job because I think that job sucks right? right like that would be miserable to be like oh we're making widgets today Dunk, ding, dink, move, dunk, 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 dun, move. Like it's horrible, horrible, just soul crushing job. It's like, yes, have a machine do all that for you. And then that person can go do something else, something hopefully like more him. fun, more uh, enjoyable. I believe I, uh, a friend of my brother's was, I think, involved with like making uh, uh, cars and stuff like that. And a lot of automation took over. He was really good at essentially maintaining. The systems that automate, so he's the guy that can go in and fix that shit because he understands how that works. So, yeah, someone's got to maintain the machines, right? To to some degree,
1: just true. But an equal number of maintenance people is not required as uh, as was on the assembly line. I true. Just to play devil's advocate, oh, on the other course, side,
3: like
1: that while we would hate to have a job like that, there are some people who they were they rely on that for oh yeah for survival, and so. I, I think there's a, it's a, it, I don't know. It's a very interesting debate, the AI doing the menial tasks because there are, there's, there's something. Well, it, it's like, do you, <clears throat> whether or not they work efficient or work well, uh, do you typically go to the self checkout or do you go to the cashiers when you go to the grocery store?
0: Depends on how much, how many groceries I have. If, okay. uh, typically, I'd say most of the time I go through self checkout. Okay. Cause I fucking love it. <clears throat> um, because especially if I have like a couple of things, I'm like, Oh, I'm in and out of here, baby. Like, I'm in control of my destiny. (laughs) I'm out. Like, I don't have to worry about it. Um, I prefer that. I, I, I think that's great. When I have a lot of groceries, I'm like, someone else do this for me, please. (laughs) But I, now
1: I haven't, obviously someone will easily come in and tell me that I'm wrong based off of some sort of, you know, actual reporting that is out there. But I have heard people in grocery stores, uh, speak to the fact that they are pissed off because this means that jobs will be cut positions will be cut from that store now from the bottom line standpoint is that better sure from an employee standpoint from a workforce standpoint is that better and that's just one small industry you could extrapolate that into every industry you know we talked about automated trucking you know mm-hmm.
0: which personally cars, which, sounds you know. awesome if it doesn't kill people you know i mean that's a big caveat yeah right <laughs> Small, small footnote. If these things don't kill people (laughs) and drive safe, I'm all for it. Because um, again, like, yeah, those are, and I I think one of the solutions, I don't know exactly how you, how you would achieve this depending on the industry, but if you know your industry is going to be essentially changed that drastically, I would like to think that the organizations that are involved in that industry would then also help their employees train and transition into something that will also benefit them, which is like the next level. Because I think long term, it's better for us as a group to turn these things over. It's it's like a toll booths, right? Yeah. Instead of having someone there, take me, give me your money. I'll give you a change. Push a button. The thing goes up. You have a machine that does it for you. Like, yeah, yeah that's a job. Sure. I don't want to sound like a dick, but that's kind of a shitty job, right? Like you go there, you take the money. It is. yeah. Know, I would, and, and I would it is say, a job, but yeah. can we eliminate that job, automate it and get that someone, something better, something, you know, more, I don't know, creative, you know, something that's more human. I think, I think, I think maybe for me, that would be, <clears throat> that would be the happy
1: medium is that if, as, as the AI, uh, as the rise of the AI happens and more industry turns to that, I think there needs to be some either um, institution put in place or some agency or or some someone who is um some bureau that's put together that is in charge of helping to retrain and relocate people in the workforce that who are going to be displaced by AI. I think that I think that's extremely necessary because, I agree. Like for a toll person, no one wants to sit there and suck exhaust fumes all day and give change and have people pissed off. It's a thankless job. You're only dealing with people who are pissed off because it's not moving quick enough. You've got, you know, you're sitting in exhaust fumes all day in the sun or in the snow or the whatever it is. So it's definitely not a, it's not a very humane job. Uh, I think, but if you're going to take a job away, there has to be some sort of agency set up to, to help with those relocation.
0: That would make the most sense to me is just to make sure that people, um, you know, says we need to make sure it is being used to aid humans, not replace them. I agree. Like, for example, again, this is a bit of a touchy subject, but like, you know, renewable energy, Right. we got people that are working in coal and things like that. That's something that we should eventually phase out and go something else. What if we spent time and effort to train the people that go and do coal into how they can work in the renewable energy field, right? Yeah. give them the yeah. time to be like, hey, look, we're phasing this out. We care about you. Instead of working on coal, what if we trained you, shifted you over to solar or wind or something like that? Because we need people to go out and do this stuff. We're investing in those things. If we were to change that trajectory that would be a big a big difference in that regard. But I again right. like yeah, if we are in but the th- again, I keep going back and forth. I, I go back to like the, the trucking thing, right? With people that are just spending their time driving and driving and driving. And again, to me, nightmare job, absolute nightmare job. Would fucking hate every yeah. single second of that job. Um, I think it's it's dangerous because um, drive truck drivers are incentivized to not stop and to not rest um you know they're they're required to stop like after every eight hours and take a rest and keep a log most of them don't i shouldn't say that i don't know i just know from the uh, handful that i know personally in my life they don't do that uh so um uh you know it's it's like they got to stop it's it's pure efficiency, efficiency they have to stop Whereas an automated thing wouldn't, it could just go. You could also like make sure that it doesn't speed. Again, we're assuming a lot here, right? It doesn't kill sure. people. Um, that it maintains a safe speed, goes the speed limit, all that sort of best stuff. Best case scenario, yeah. Yes, best case scenario. If holding all that stuff true, why wouldn't you want that? Yes, it would suck. It fucking suck if you're a truck driver and you're like, oh sure. shit, that goes away. <laughs> Where do you repurpose those people? You know what I mean? Like, what do you do for them when they've spent their life? being a long haul trucker doing all that sort of stuff like handling you know and again it doesn't happen overnight right like they're not just like one day hey they're here you know they're they're not there the next day we've got automated vehicles doing all this sort of shit um so it does take time but um you know i don't know it's for me again the practical doug is just like yeah but it's better overall (laughs) again assuming it's objectively like all those things we said that doesn't kill people (laughs) You know, it's safe. If you can meet this list of caveats, then ding. Like that to me is, you know, it makes, it makes, it just makes sense. You know, you, I don't know. You're freeing people up to do other things. Whether or not they want to is another thing, but you know, I don't know.
1: I I think it's, it's something that needs to continually be reevaluated and discussed. It's, it's an interesting, like I said, it's an interesting topic of discussion. It's an interesting debate to have. And uh, I, I definitely think it's something that, as as it progresses, we will need to have more and more um, creative conversations about how to how do we integrate it and how do we make it work. Uh, like Potty Plant says, how do we have it aid us and not replace us? Indeed, indubitably.
0: Indubitably. Speaking of indubitably, oh boy you know what that is i have no idea what that is that's time for anime out of context and that is a submission from richie from you haven't heard this music podcast uh he submitted his own uh idea for the anime out of context uh transition so richie thank you pal uh, thank you. tell Wayne I'm anxious to hear his submission
1: as well Yeah, apparently uh, there's a little competition over in the you haven't heard this music podcast verse uh, between Richie and Wayne they're trying to see who comes up with the better stinger the intro stinger
0: yes I am this. very excited uh, that was very fun and thank you for submitting that sir uh, if you want to submit your own if you have an idea for something that would be a fun uh, musical intro uh, for for this segment, Anime Out of Context, uh, feel free, hit us up on social media, join our Discord, drop it in there like Richie did, like a cool cat that he is, just dropped it right in there for everyone to listen to. Um, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear what you can come up with. Um, drop because, it in there like a mouse. Because you all are some creative motherfuckers, and I would love, love, love to hear oh, no. what, what else you can come up with um give me a second justin because uh i'm switching over the roles as we speak oh Um, all right i'll go ahead and close this i was
1: gonna say am i dark schneider again you are actually originally
0: i wasn't gonna have you do it i was like oh it makes sense to keep you but now that you mentioned this voice modifier i was like actually i'm gonna change one of these roles i think i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a different character so welcome to anime out of Context. Fastly becoming uh, one of my favorite new segments that we do. Uh, this is your first time checking this out. Essentially what happens is Justin and I get a script. 99% of them I've created. Uh, they are segments from anime shows and they are scenes that I think are fucking bizarre. Strange and hilarious and I type them up and I give them, I sign roles and then Justin essentially gets to do a cold read of it. Doesn't really have, he has no context for the scene, what's going on. And my goal is to give him the roles that have the most insane dialogue so that he can just read them and not really know what the hell is going on. So <clears throat> this is going to be part two of Bastard, an anime that is available on Netflix, an anime I don't particularly enjoy. But I watched all 12, 13 episodes because I'm like, there's a lot of content to mine here for Anime Out of Context. This particular one comes from Season 1, Episode 5, known as Showdown. And uh, Justin, you can go ahead and open up the script now if you haven't already. Oh, it's open. You are going to be playing Dark Schneider and Gara. So, Dark Schneider is an extremely powerful <laughs> and equally arrogant dark wizard who wants to conquer the world. You'll <laughs> also who, be playing who
1: sounds like this a little bit. Huh?
0: Yeah, he, he Justin, made, last... Justin made a strong choice for how <laughs> Dark Schneider sounds. Yeah, uh, that and Gara, sounds like
1: Mark Schneider to me.
0: Gara is a general and a leader of the ninja army, the ninja army. Gara, uh, Gara, He's a general and leader of the ninja army. I will be playing Yoko a late teen girl, daughter of Neo Noto, Gio Noto Soto and she has the ability to summon an evil wizard with a kiss. I'll also be playing Ifrit, a demon god of fire. So this is yeah. going to be fun and I am going to use my voice modulator. We'll see how well I can switch in and out of this. This should be a treat. This okay. Be a treat. Here we go. <clears throat> ah. The demon god ifrit unleashes deadly flames, and Dark Schneider must find a way out in order to save Yoko.
3: Burn to crisp, you puny human brat Guns and roll
0: The room explodes into a fiery hellscape. Dark Schneider holds up his hand, casting a barrier of protection.
1: No, that son of a bitch! He can't use the same spell!
3: So it seems you know a little bit of magic, do you?
1: This is bad. My vision is blurry from the poison.
0: Meanwhile, Gara looks down in the prison pit at Yoko, arms crossed and smiling arrogantly.
2: Clerics and wizards use four different types of magic. These categories are based on the source of its power. The first type is oh Christ. The first type is magic based on mental strength and life force. The second type is white magic, which gets its power from faith in the gods. The third type is dark magic, which comes from hell, which comes from making a pact with a demon in hell. And the last type is spirit magic. Oh, aren't you a smart one? So knowledgeable? Spirit magic is based on forming a pact with the spirits that live in the four elemental planes. Earth, fire, water, wind. (laughs) Pull out your textbooks. Dark Snyder mainly uses that dark magic. His specialty is lightning magic, which comes from the wind elemental plane. And flame magic, which comes from the fire elemental plane. Efreet comes from the Fire Elemental Plane. Can you guess what that means for Dark Schneider, young lady? Oh no! That's right. If he uses any of his fire spells, his most powerful magic, there's no way he'll be able to stop Efreet. And that's not all. If he tries to use Hellion,
0: it will only boost the Flame God's power more. Back at the battle, Dark Schneider struggles to keep up the barrier while Efreet continues to blast the room with fire.
1: This isn't good. It's so hot, at least twice as hot as my own Guns N' Roses spell. The flames outside his barrier are over a thousand degrees. Too bad I don't know any cold spells and never cared much for the cooling element.
3: (laughs) You call yourself a wizard, but you don't even know a cold spell? Shut up, you stupid monster.
1: Humans have all their own strengths and weaknesses.
3: They also love to make excuses. No matter. I'm going to turn that fire magic strength of yours against you.
1: His flame attack will be hotter than 2,000 degrees. This room's about to turn into a sea of magma. This barrier won't protect me, but who cares? Let's go, you monster!
3: (laughs)
0: Die, human! Helion Flame! The flames grow hotter and furiously swirl around until the room explodes, and the white hot flame stands a shadow. It's Dark Schneider! Have you gone mad,
3: human? Are you hoping to get burned to death, you puny imbecile? The measly life of a human goes by in the blink of an eye, and you decided to throw yours away. What a fool.
1: Brain, brain, now you're brain dead!
3: What? What? What the? Are you really trying to cast a spell from within the fire? Obey your coven of blood!
1: Come forth from the land of Abaddon!
3: No. No way you're using that spell! That idiot! Stop this, human! Fire magic won't work against the likes of me! Gehenna
1: flames! Form a fiery blast and burn through all before me!
0: I said it won't work! Go Exodus! Dark Schneider shoots forward punching Efreet in the stomach with red-hot rage fire magic.
3: No way! Bastard! How did you do this? It's over 20,000 degrees! Hotter than the melting point of rock! I used the super
1: high temperature flames and added my spell on top. For someone with my magic level, that was no sweat at all. Die, demon!
3: You used my hellion spell to help you? There's no way!
0: Dark Schneider blasts Efreet into the prison chamber as Gera and Yoko look on. Efreet lays on the ground in defeat.
3: Damn it. I can't believe he used an extra hot flame spell to slay the demon god of fire himself. This is the only time I've actually lost, ever since I was born. Over 300 years ago. You're a damn punk. You like to keep
1: calling me a little human, but you're even younger than me.
0: Efreet lets out a sigh, and in a flash of flames and smoke, turns into a magical sword. Why? And scene. (laughs) oh
1: Oh, my god that was oh i read it and i still don't know what i read
0: all right justin take me through it no i don't wanna i said take me through it what what was your favorite part uh when it ended um (laughs)
1: Let me pull it back up. I closed it very quickly.
0: You're like, I'm done with this. I'm out I'm of here. I'm done with this. I'm done with a Efreet. And- I personally love the lore dump, like explaining <sighs> how magic works. My God. I mean, here, let,
1: let me, yeah, let me just pull this up again here. Yeah. This, I mean, this is the thing, I guess, I don't, I just don't understand how this is entertaining in anime. Where... Clerics and wizards use four different types of magic. These categories are based on the source of its power. The first type of magic is based on mental strength and life force. The second type is white magic. Sorry. The second type is white magic, which gets its power from faith in the gods. The third type is dark magic, which comes from making a pact with a demon in hell. Spirit magic is based on forming a... Like, it's just... (laughs) That was because here's the thing <laughs> that was the worst why that is there's nothing even creative about re- that sounds like someone explaining the rules of a game that i don't want to be playing
0: 100 percent. and here's the yes. thing this is episode five of a 13 episode season Jesus. so we're almost halfway through and they do this lore dump and i'll be honest with you this doesn't really come back again Like, this is a lot of rules, and maybe it it does, because it it may come out down down the road, but this isn't something that's, like, regularly referenced. You see people using magic, and anime has a tendency to, like, over-explain what's happening. Like, you get internal thoughts and things like that, but this is egregious, in that they're like, well, we gotta explain what's about to happen here, so that we know, like, why, you know, Dark Schneider, you know, why him using fire against the fire guy is a bad idea. And here's all this other stuff. It's just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So wait,
1: I don't, I still don't understand how his flame attack. This room's about to see me. Barry
0: won't protect me. Let's go. So what, how did he win? How did Dark Schneider win? He he tells you at the end, Justin, he used the super high temperature flames and added his spell on top. I don't care. And for (laughs) someone with his magical power level, it was no sweat at all.
2: And For the record, I, I don't know what, what he did either.
0: What a great pun. Right? No sweat at all. My favorite part of you reading that is when mm-hmm. you got to brain brain. Now you're now your brain dead. He's casting a spell. Okay. And it's not abundantly clear. You just you just saw that and you're like, What? And then you're like, obey our covenant oh, I, of blood. Come forth from the land of Abaddon. Gehenna of flames from a form of firely blessed and burn through all before me. Go, Exodus. Like that's those are the magic words to, to cast his spell did not know that. See, when he said, brain, brain, now you're brain dead, I
1: heard it more sing-songy, mm-hmm. as if he was taunting him. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a spell. He was saying, literally, it's so hot in here, you're now brain dead. Yeah. You're just a pile of goo. Yeah. Yeah. You're a vegetable. Congrats. Yeah. You're a roasted
0: carrot. My other one was just uh, when Ifrit, this demon lord of fire, was like, it's over 20,000 degrees, hotter than the melting point of rock. Like, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the update. So <laughs> Does that have any bearing on anything we're doing? Now to- we know is it's the- really hot. I mean, I think a thousand degrees is hot. You know, is a made of rock? No. He's a okay. demon. He's a fire well, demon. But it's I'm like it's saying- so hot that you can burn yep. a rock. Like that's how hot it is. Cool. This yeah. room's about to turn into magma. Yeah. It is
1: bonkers. Uh, I uh I think the the other thing too is I had one of those brain farts where I As you were reading the, uh, where was it? Yeah. As you were reading the Afrit line, you know, and you decided to throw yours away. What a fool. I was frantically, you ever look at a word and you're like, wait, I I couldn't tell if it was brain or Brian. And I had that, I had that moment where I was just like, "Uh oh, I, I can see the letters. I know what, I know it says brain, but my, my, I just had that fart and I'm like, well, maybe it's Brian, Brian. Now you're. And that was like Brian dead. That dead like, Brian. Let's go, Brandon. Which, it must be brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian, you're dead, Brian. <laughs> you're dead, Brian. you dead. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> you piece of shit.
0: Um. So. You fire God. That was anime oh out of context. God. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll do this one more time on the way out.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. Just so you all know, there will be more bastard segments to come. So, <laughs> there's. <laughs> I took notes. There's at least two or three more. So. Well, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, there you go.
1: <clears throat> Man, I'll tell you what, Dark Snyder really takes a takes a. I feel uh, like.
0: Gara, garo was the one the gravelly Gara was the one that it really was. got you yeah yeah <laughs> i love it richie goes i'm wet yeah. you should be sir you should yep. be you're welcome Emilio says i absolutely love this new segment i'm glad you do 10 out of 10 thank you sir i'm i have a lot of fun with it <laughs> thank you potty plant i'm glad you like it as well all right uh justin what do you have to recommend this week
1: well, Douglas, on <clears throat> Hulu there's a show uh starring Amanda Seyfried and it's called The Dropout and it is uh it document it's it's a um narrative uh story about the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes who was the woman who invented the Theranos blood ah, testing machine. yes, yes, yes. Um and What uh, a liar. Whew, it was a it was a big old lie. Um Company was at one point valued of nine billion dollars, and she had investors. I mean, she had uh former, you know, heads of state, she had uh major players in Silicon Valley. It was insane to see now on HBO Max, there's also a documentary that goes along with it. It's not, it doesn't go along with it, it is about the same subject. So I'm now watching the documentary to see how closely the uh the show actually relates. <clears throat> it's Bonkers to see how she lied and defrauded so many presumably very intelligent people uh, for an ungodly amount of money. Um, an absolute, absolutely interesting, fascinating story. It's funny because I don't remember this at all. Oh, I do. Playing out in real time. So
0: you remember when this was hitting the headlines and stuff? Oh yeah, she got ass blasted in the end too, like real bad. If I'm not mistaken, did she go? Did she go to prison? No, she just.
1: Uh, sh- I think her trial is still underway, or it's just wrapping up. She faces potentially 20 years uh, of prison time, um, which is sucks because she just had a kid with her uh, partner. So that's uh, also sucks you know that
0: you defrauded people for a lot of money. And well, not only
1: that, but also gave uh, a lot of misdiagnoses and some people like they misdiagnosed. Uh, I think there was at least one cancer misdiagnosis, a couple pregnancy misdiagnosed, HIV. Like there's a lot of shit that you're dealing with people's health. Like fuck you, yeah. right to hell. Like yeah. it, it, it's some bullshit. And the funny thing in watching this is you do feel a little bit of sympathy because the whole time it, I, and I don't know, again, I, I got to finish the documentary, but. In the series at least it it rode this very interesting line where she, I think truly felt like she wanted she had the desire to do something good for people like she really did want to do I think she got so swept up in the lie and the ambition that it tainted the cause or the purpose that she originally set out with. And so you're just like, man, she really did have a a, a wholesome and altruistic, Start, but it just ended in a very fucked up, uh, topsy turvy way. So, yeah. um, I would strongly recommend watching it. It's uh, wonderful performances, and in watching the documentary, Amanda Seyfried, holy shit, did she nail it?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: She, she nailed this Elizabeth Holmes is uh, just pers- persona. It's 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 a very very well acted um, piece. So, nice the dro- uh,
0: the dropout on Hulu. Very Doug, good. what do you got? Uh, I just rewatched all three seasons of Deadwood on Ooh. HBO and I watched the movie that recently just came out as well. I okay. remember they announced a, a movie because the show got canceled Yeah, and uh, it was unfortunate because it just sort of like it kind of ends and you're like, oh, um, and so um, when it's like, I don't know, I forgot when the show ended, but then it's like years later, decades later, they're like we have a movie to go along with this. I'm like, what? Why? Why? Why now? I was almost annoyed. I was like, fuck you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the show is so good. Like, it's so well acted. Um, Ian McShane as Al Swearingen is probably one of the coolest characters on television. Like, he is a an owner of a saloon, and Ian McShane fucking kills it. That uh, guy... guy. Is not only does he have an amazing voice, but Jesus Christ, there are so many funny moments with him, and and whatnot. But it's it's really good. At times, it almost feels like Shakespeare because they speak their their language is very much late eighteen hundreds. So sometimes okay. you're like, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but the way they deliver it, you're like, I get what you're saying. And it's it's very very very. I'm not a huge Western guy. So yeah. a lot of the stuff doesn't appeal to me, but I remember my brother was like, "Dude, you got to watch Deadwood; it's so good." And I remember watching it, enjoying it, and I hadn't seen it in years. I'm like, "I'm gonna rewatch this." And then I watched the movie uh, after it. I was like, "This is really cool. It was. It's a very good show. If you haven't checked it out, highly recommend it. Okay. It's very cool, extremely well acted. I thought of you a lot, Justin, while I was watching. Him. I'm like, I bet Justin would really like this this show. Okay. I think he would really, really enjoy it.
1: It was. I've heard people speak of it highly. It was. It's been on my uh, periphery periphery but it's never really like hit my main main cue so with that recommendation i will bump that up for sure
0: yeah uh, Ra- i'd say another standout in that show is Rybin weigert uh she plays calamity jane and she <clears throat> is phenomenal um okay. just as this character just she plays a drunk very well um, all right she is absolutely amazing just so many standout performances um in the, in the show, it's fantastic. and I love it. It also tells a story of, you know, Deadwood, not quite South Dakota yet, you know, where there's this camp and it's dealing with this territory being annexed into the United States. Some of these guys don't want that because they're like, ah, I don't really want the government here because then there's going to be yeah. laws and we kind of don't want that. We kind of like doing what we're doing. And it's sort of like how they manage this. Civilization in this time to meet their needs and their wants, and how they're sort of very much delicately balancing like what needs to be done, but also serving their interests. Some of them are nefarious, but then oddly, sometimes they'll all come together like, we got to do something good. Like, we have to, like, this is the right thing to do for the camp. Like, what what needs to happen? It's and then like technology is slowly coming along. It's fascinating, like, timepiece of. What's happening in America at this time when you realize that South Dakota is not a state yet, um, yet the political corruption of people trying to pull this in different directions, it's amazing. So I highly, highly recommend the show. And Justin in particular, I would love to see or get your reactions from some of the episodes as you're watching it. I think it would be really, really cool. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right. <clears throat> all right well gang this was uh i had so much fun tonight just reminiscing yeah. about uh improv and talking about ai and then doing another animated context it was this is how i like to spend my tuesday nights this was fantastic so um i want to just remind you all again uh we do live stream youtube.com mind gap podcast you can check us out on tuesdays at 8 p.m central come hang out with us be like the cool people like noah reno jf potty plant emilio richie Uh, Zinni and all the cool people That have been hanging out with us tonight Chatting with us Slotty um, We appreciate you Um, You can hang out and join the conversation That's part of the fun of this show When we do it live is We get you joining in And giving us your perspective too Which is super fun Um, So check us out on YouTube Like and subscribe Help us out in that regard Uh, Check out our Discord um, you know, like us and rate us and review us uh, wherever you hear your podcasts, all that good shit. And follow us on all our social medias at MindGapPodcast. We'll love you forever. Justin also exists digitally as well. On Instagram and Twitter at
1: Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. While you're in the on and realm, like Doug said, find us in all the places where you f- uh, consume uh, podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Podbean, Good Pods, uh, Good Bean, Bean Pods, Pods. Spotify. Pods Good, Spotify, uh, all those places. Rate, review, subscribe, share. Uh, make sure to tell someone we exist. We like We like knowing that we exist. We like people knowing we exist. And then uh, and all, 2 east com and all 2East8th and all social medias.
0: Fantastic. With that being said, I want to say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.